0: Welcome to Under the Lens. Come and enjoy an extraordinary, raw, and unfiltered podcast that delivers debate,
1: discussions, and interviews about film, pop culture, and everything in between. Here is your host, film critic and journalist, Byron Lafayette.
0: Greetings all and welcome to uh, Under the Lens. Uh, I'm your host Byron Lafayette and uh, today we have a very special topic that we're going to be talking about. This is one that's uh, very close to my heart and I know it's also very close uh, to the heart of uh, my special guest today who uh, graciously agreed to uh, come on and discuss, uh, discuss this topic. So we are going to be talking about uh, the series finale of uh, for picard and by finale i'm talking about the entire third season not just the last episode uh, because basically it felt like you know season three picard was like one big like movie episode type thing so we're going to be talking about the whole the whole season and uh how we uh how we feel about it and everything so uh my guest today is uh is jordan morris and uh i uh i'm pretty good friends with uh, his brother and uh, then i connected with uh with jordan and we just basically as soon as we met, it was a, uh, it was like we were just long lost friends or brothers. <laughs> as soon as we started talking about Star Trek, and so I immediately had to, uh, had to get him on to, uh, to talk about Picard and other things. Uh, so welcome to uh, the program, Jordan. Thanks, bro, Cutis. Glad to be here.
1: <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. <laughs> I had to save that one up just for you. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh- <laughs> Man, so definitely very excited to uh, to have you on to to talk about Picard. Um, I know that uh, that you're a big uh, Star Trek fan. I know that you've uh, you've seen the entire series of Picard, all three seasons. Um, and so I'm assuming probably we'll we'll probably touch on different aspects uh, of the whole uh, show as we're talking about the final season. But just a warning to to everybody who's listening right now. Um, Uh, You know, there's definitely going to be spoilers in this discussion. (laughs) So we're going to be going into, you know, a ton of different stuff and like all the big reveals and everything. So if you haven't seen season three of Picard yet, uh, just feel free to pause this uh, podcast, go through and finish it. And you'll enjoy it a lot more uh, uh, when you come back. Um, So, uh, so Jordan, what was, uh, what was your, your kind of first thoughts on season three of Picard? Like, you know, uh, what, what was your, your general, general feeling going into it?
1: Well, after season one of two, one and two, which a lot of people did like, I was not one of those people. I don't know if I'd say I loved it. There were things I did and things I didn't, um, but you know, I was hoping from like, are, are we going to get something a little bit closer to what Star Trek: The Next Generation was? And then we got that announcement. It's been it was last April, April twenty twenty two, with that announcement trailer with the cast and. It was on Star Trek Day, I believe, and not going to lie, the music started playing, the first two names popped up, and I was a complete blubbering idiot, and I was full-on super excited,
0: like engaged, if you'll pardon the pun, (laughs) um, from then on that's uh, pretty much my, my same experience as well. Like, you know, um, I, I rather enjoyed, you know, season one and two of, of Picard, you know, there was definitely, there was definitely some, some aspects that I didn't like. There was some stuff that, you know, I thought was a little odd, um, but overall I appreciated, you know, kind of uh, Patrick Stewart's, you know, um, you know, goal to tell a different type of story for his character. And so I did appreciate that with those first two seasons and, you definitely there's, there's aspects of it that I was like, Oh man, that just like hit me in the feels, you know, season one and two. Uh, so overall I I generally had a good experience with that, but yeah, when, when I saw that announcement and saw everyone who was coming back and that this was a, this was basically, this was season eight, you know, of the next generation. Absolutely. I just was like, I was so, I, I honestly can't think of another time that I've been that excited for something and like, movies and pop culture the only other time that i think i might have been as excited was when the snyder cut was announced uh that's maybe the only other time (laughs) you know it's like uh, valid and fair point absolutely Yeah, because it was just like, you know, because I grew up, you know, with uh, the next generation, you know, now, now I will say I didn't get into the next generation TV show until I was way, way older. Um, But I grew up watching like all six of the original uh, crew, you know, films with Kirk. And I grew up watching all of the original uh, Next Generation movies as well. And so kind of when I got older in college, you know, uh, the, um, next generation popped up on streaming. And so I just started watching it and I was just like completely just mesmerized as I was seeing it, you know, cause I already felt like I knew these characters in the movies, but just getting to them know, know them all over again was just, was just incredible. And, and it was kind of like, it was interesting because, uh, I had kind of been taking my time going through the next generation and seeing it all. And so I'd watched it all through and then I'd gone through, you know, the movies obviously afterwards. And it was right around that time that, that I was ending that journey that, uh, it was about a year or two later that they announced like season one of Picard. And so like, I, I had this experience of going into it relatively fresh off of my TNG journey. And so I think it just kind of, it made it a a little bit more interesting for me personally that, you know, to kind of see it all in this kind of like years long journey that I'd been on.
1: That's awesome. So I grew up, with it, I think I literally learned to count on the first six Star Trek movies. Um, I actually wore out two VHS copies of Wrath of Khan uh, before I was two. Mm-hmm. I'm, some kids watch Barney, some kids watch Sesame Street. I was the kid who watched Star Trek, so <laughs> I guess it turned out all right.
0: <laughs> but Dude, um, yeah, I,
1: it's go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was going to say, I remember as, as a kid, I was probably about seven years old, six, seven years old, and I remember seeing the, the, uh, the, um, the, um uh, Undiscovered Country, and oh, I loved it. I just remember, I just absolutely adored it. <laughs> First movie I ever saw in theaters was Undiscovered Country. Oh, it's just, it's still, still one of the it's... best Star Trek movies, I would say. You oh, know? without a
1: doubt. And when Generations came out, mm-hmm. <laughs> they would have had a cow at me nowadays. But um, I, I, I had a full-on like breakdown at four years old in the theater. They killed Captain Kirk, mommy. <laughs> screamed the entire way to the car. Parents uh... took me home, put me to bed woke up the next morning, had breakfast halfway through, realized what happened and lost it again. Oh. I was wrecked
0: for like three days. Oh. Dude. I re- I remember being really sad about it because, you know, cause cause I, I was younger when I saw generations and uh, you know, and I'd seen all of the, the original movies and everything. And, And yeah, it was, it was really sad, you know, and especially because I was a kid. So I didn't, you know, necessarily view it as, oh, you know, his, his death or ending was lackluster or whatever. It was just like, it was the end of an era for me. (laughs) It was like, you you lost your hero. Uh, oh yeah. And it was like, and I loved Picard, you know, uh, and stuff, but it was like, it was very, very sad, sad to see that. And I think it's probably those feelings that I have as a kid and those memories of seeing generations, why I have such a soft spot for that movie, even though there's problematic elements to it. I, I still really like it.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. There it's got some, it's got its flaws, but Mm -hmm. what it hits on when it hits is great.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. And, and also I, I will, I will fight anybody who does not like the last words of Captain Kirk being, it's been fun, <laughs> you know, cause that was, that was classic Kirk, you know,
1: I think he ad libbed that too. Cause he thought really? it was too dull. Uh-huh. I, I want to say I read that. I, I don't <laughs> quote me on it, but I think I did read that
0: it feels that that feels like an ad libbed, like Captain Kirk, like, you know, moment. And, you know, and I, I honestly, I, I loved that. Like, even though I still do view the death as a little lackluster and I would have preferred something a little bit more, uh, you know, bombastic maybe for his exit. I do love those last words. Cause it just, it feels very much like, <laughs> like Kirk, you know, <laughs> uh,
1: quick, quick sidebar. Have you seen the new short that was just released that takes place right after generations? Called I have, Regeneration.
0: I have not. No.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to say anything. Um, but, uh, to anyone listening, if you have not watched this, it's, uh, it's sponsored by the Roddenberry Archive and the name of a company who does some very cutting edge special effects work, which escapes me. It's like OTOH or something is the in- initials on, um, on youtube but it, it it ties back into generations and in season three of picard um Ooh, huh? but it's definitely worth a watch so maybe we'll discuss later
0: on oh definitely i i would be very curious to see that so yeah i'll definitely after this podcast is over i'll, I'll go and watch that yeah so yeah so going to going to going back to you know so going into i should say season three of uh of Picard. you know this this show was was one that was just you know, loaded down with characters, both new characters, uh, returning characters from uh, you know from Picard, the series itself, and also of course returning characters from not only uh, the Next Generation show but also the Next Generation movies. Um, this was very much a, uh, this was very much a, a reunion of everything, of almost everything, even Star Trek too, because there was characters from other shows that, that popped up even like Voyager and, uh, you know, references and stuff from deep space nine. There was just, there was so much there. Um, so, you know, is there, in your opinion, like what, what are the character journeys from season three that you felt hit the hardest and that you felt were maybe the, the, the most well done? Oh, Wow. I know that's like an extremely huge, broad question.
1: No, but it's, it's a great question. And so first off, like having grown up with these characters, and I think you can attest to this, like when, when all good things, the next generation finale aired, it was like old friends or your aunts and uncles, a part of your family was going off somewhere. And then when the movies came out, you got to see them and you were just, you know, whatever people hate on the next generation movies, I will not be one of those people. Um, but, you know, you were just so happy to see them. Um, it's like you got to catch up with family, and yeah, you know, we saw them four times till two thousand two when Nemesis came out, and then uh, we won't talk about the Enterprise finale.
0: <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> we will not um, go there. <laughs> what but, Enterprise finale? <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, but, you know, I mean, I remember when Picard first aired, like. I was just so happy to see Patrick Stewart. I mean, it just had like tears of joy just streaming down my face. I think I watched the episode three times that I think it actually premiered on my birthday (laughs) and I watched it like three times that day. But then, you know, we've, we've come through a couple of seasons and, um, you know, I was sort of, I struggled a little bit in season one, you know, it was great to see, uh, Troy and Riker, but like, you know, they lost their son. They lost that. And, you know, you always want the happy ending and I am a sucker for a happy ending, but life is not always easy or fair. And, you know, it added some depth to it, which we got to touch on again this season. And, you know, grief is a different process for everybody. And it takes a lot of time. I think, uh, basically from what I've read and gathered, it's, I mean, it's been three, four, five years since they've lost him. But I mean, for any parent losing a child and I can't relate and I hope I never have to, but like it's a lot to process and they when they hit on it for both Troy, you know she felt the weight of everyone's grief, which honestly I wouldn't have never considered. but it was a real that was a really interesting aspect there. And then Riker was just like going through the motions and got I mean, Riker always had a zest for life. if you couldn't Very say nice anything though. about him, he mm-hmm. always did. and he went from just being, you know, you know, going through the motions to just really, this is probably the best Riker arc we have gotten in all of Star Trek, in my opinion. Um, And then there's, Oh, I'm trying to go through. I mean, Worf going through, I mean, Worf had his own struggles because, you know, he's, is he Klingon? Is he human? Mm -hmm. Does he try too hard to be Klingon to overcompensate? You know, there's a lot of interesting character dynamics there, but like samurai Worf was a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. He's, he's touch He's in touch with himself. (laughs) Oh my God. And like, the new Kur'leth also just like perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a sucker for a batleth, but like he's that new sword is great. And
0: um And I loved that being in a being like in the era of streaming, I, I actually loved that we got to see some of the violence and gore associated <laughs> with those oh, Klingon On weapons. Yeah, you know? <laughs> gore if Gore is used properly, it's mm-hmm.
1: it's very effective. And mm-hmm. like we never really got to see the true skill of Worf mm-hmm. until until he rescues Rafi and I'm just like, oh I think everybody's wanted to decapitate a Ferengi but we didn't get to see it till now. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was awesome. It was so cool. Oh, <laughs> oh. And, that, that is very accurate. I love you know the the samurai wharf. It was it was a brilliant angle to go go down because there's a lot of paths they could have gone with Wharf, and I really like I really like that one. I think it was it was a very it, it was very appropriate for his his character journey over the years.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that whole white beard look, which they mm-hmm. ripped off of um I don't remember the name of the character from Kill Bill.
0: Mm, uh-huh. And,
1: and I'm like, it it looks he looks I'm just glad Worf looked like Worf and we didn't have a whole debate about what Klingon should look like. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely, thank God. But it was... Can you imagine yeah. a Discovery mask on, on Worf, <laughs> saying oh. this is the new Worf. Oh, my God. That,
1: that would not have gone over well. No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
1: he's, he's sort of come into touch with himself, and, but he was a little distant at first. You know, He calls everybody by their ranks mm-hmm. for the first couple episodes, his first couple appearances, until he settles back in and then Riker is Riker again, and but he's he's come a long way though. That whole weird thing where he's like very very happy to see Deanna, not so much maybe flirting with her, but much more open was <laughs> Riker's like you know is this still part of the torture? That's yeah. my wife, bro. <laughs> like I mean, it it added a lot. And then actually one of the other character journeys I I really was you know you have to think about it a little, and then there's much more nuance is, is mm-hmm. you know, I mean, data's death broke him and they didn't really show enough of that in nemesis. I mean, if your best friend dies and then you're supposed to just carry on, like, you know, I mean, Picard's the lead in nemesis, obviously they're mm-hmm. going to play more to, he's going to get more screen time, but like Jordy, I mean, it, it just broke him. There's a scene. Um, it's a deleted scene where, um, Worf and Jordy clean out data's quarters and mm-hmm. at the end of nemesis. And, uh, Spot actually goes to Worf. And like, Jordy just looks like, I mean, he makes Eeyore look like Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. He's just so just wrecked. And I don't know. And like, you got to see in that some of those character dynamics where he's talking about like, Data, you broke me. Like, it took me years to rebuild my life. And if I hadn't had my children, mm-hmm. which also very curious to see who Mrs. LaForge is.
0: Yes. Uh huh. Yes. I'm very curious about that as well. <laughs> Um, and also fun little sidebar and I didn't
1: catch this till I watched a YouTube video. So Sydney, Alondra, and I believe the th- there's a third child named in all good things. Mm-hmm. Edwards, his dad, I don't remember. if It's Edward. It's a, it's a boy, but they use the same children's names for Geordie's children. That he names to Picard in the vineyard in All Good Things, which was a deep cut I didn't catch.
0: I didn't catch that either. <laughs>
1: and I'm like, oh, wow. So there is there another LaForge child floating around? A son? Maybe. That's that again.
0: interesting. <laughs>
1: there's the, the, we'll touch on the future potential later, I'm sure. But it's just like he, how he's come from like where he was and he's basically rebuilt himself. Because I'm not going to lie. I was, I was kinda, he was very curt with Picard, which I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, like – it's Jean Luc Picard. How are you going to talk to him like that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. And like you know, he yeah, he was an he was an interesting he was an interesting addition to this season. And and I think like his I think it was it was it was very interesting how they played how they played him off as as being way more cautious now. And being, you know, being way more kind of you know, standoffish when it comes to, you know, like going on these adventures, you know. He's he's aged a bit, you know, he's like, well, he's, you know, maybe a little wiser, a little bit more careful now. And like you said, he has a family now that he has to protect. And I thought it was very I thought it was it was just a very, very uh I didn't expect them to go in the direction that they went with him. And uh, you know, that was I think something with with this entire third season that I did actually enjoy that I felt that it really towed the line perfectly between the nostalgia, uh, between, you know, unexpected storylines, characters being different, but still the same. They they towed that line perfectly because I felt like my expectations were always subverted, but not in a negative way. It wasn't in a way that I wasn't happy about.
1: I could not agree more because every time... I was like, well, how are they going to do this? Are they mm-hmm. going to do that? And it's like, they never, I never figured it out. Cause if, if you figure out something before you've watched it or before it's over, mm-hmm. it just, it's a, it's a buzzkill for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, um, I
1: think it is for most people, but it just, like you said, they subverted it, but it it, it always stopped and made you think like, oh, why well, didn't consider that? you mm-hmm. know? Um, no, but- that
0: that's very true. And like, you know, one of the char- one you know, because obviously the entire, picard series is obviously about picard's journey basically his final journey um and you know we see different aspects of that you know the the first season is you know is him basically you know kind of you know rediscovering who he really is basically and kind of you know being a broken down old man and you know being able to come back from that you know season two is obviously him going delving into the trauma of his childhood you know what makes him Mm -hmm. really tick why you know why is he the way he is um and i really kind of liked the focus on family in this third season because that was something that picard it was always something he deeply deeply wanted you know even though he never had you know even though he never had it cuz in gen, uh, in generations as we you know talked a little bit about before you know he lost his family you know in that and he was you know we have that kind of whole sub subplot of him being the last picard basically uh and we see kind of how how much that affects him realizing that he doesn't have anyone anymore basically. Uh, and I think seeing that journey in season three of him realizing that he he does have people now he has a son, you know he he has you know a relationship with Beverly again uh, and seeing the lengths that he will go to protect his family and to protect his son was something I really liked a lot uh, and it was something I didn't expect at all uh, you know from his character in this third season.
1: They, it's almost like he has that line in the last episode. Like he didn't realize what part of him was missing till he had Jack in mm-hmm. like th- the perfect way to summarize what you just said. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, it's exactly. And cause I mean, he, I mean, he's had some traumas and you know, the life of a captain is a lonely one. Mm-hmm. And, so. um, that's an old naval saying if memory serves, um, but it's just, his whole journey, like, and, uh, I mean, getting back, I mean, opening sequence, you know, okay, why is Beverly contacting Picard? And oh my God, Beverly,
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> we didn't even get to touch on that, but uh-huh. she's, I would not want to make Beverly mad. I think we we're both in agreement on that. <laughs> yes. Um, and he just, he's come so far and like, you know, he, he sort of was down in the depths of the despair, like waiting to die. I think he says, mm-hmm. and You know, he comes back and, and like how they played at the beginning is about his son and Jack, which also, I can't believe I never, I kind of figured out, it was kind of obvious it was his son, Mm -hmm. but how it never occurred to me, they would name him Jack Crusher, which first off, brilliant by Terry Metalis and team, like it just never even occurred to me. And also Ed Spaliers perfect casting
0: oh yes uh he, outstanding
1: even though like i know a lot of people say well he's 35 playing like a 23 year old i'm like just it's it's Hollywood. you gotta let some things go <laughs> so um but you know he's everybody else is like john luke i mean the accent like the, the the bravado the suave like you know i don't know what you're talking about it's like you gotta know who his dad is right and Riker says it to him <laughs> And we get that great moment at the end of episode two when he it really it finally like he accepts it and acknowledges it and just becomes the captain we all love and remember um, and takes charge and he just it's and then you know there's some resentment and part of it, it it's his fault that crack he made. Um, where Jack goes to see him in the bar and he yes. goes
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, Oh my God. Like, it's like, go ahead and rip my heart out and throw it back in my <laughs> face. <laughs> and, and like, he knows he realizes what he's done. And it's, I mean, Patrick Stewart is one of the greatest actors of any generation. It just, pardon the pun. Again, didn't even <laughs> mean to do it that time. But like, he's just like, when he, if he wants to make you feel, he's going to make you feel. And he just, he nails it. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I just, there's so many wonderful character moments. And the line he says, uh, Jill just touched briefly on this, um, where he speaks after data comes back and we Mm -hmm. actually get its data. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks about, I hope we don't dishonor the other you that Mm -hmm. passed away at the end of season one. Mm -hmm. And which was a nice callback to acknowledge it. And also, like, you, you can't forget where you've come from. You may not always like where you've been, mm-hmm. but you have to acknowledge it and move on. And I felt like they did that there, and it also added a nice character moment for both he and Data. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was, I don't know, it, I, I I, I could eat it up. I loved every minute of it.
0: No, that, that's very true. And, you know, I, I did like that callback, you know, because, you know, because obviously, you know you know we have data back in a way you know this is kind of a different type of data you know um but yeah i liked that they referenced you know what came before and stuff because i do feel like i do feel like the season 3 of picard that we got right now or the the one that we got uh, was not the original season three that was being planned because i completely agree because i know that it was always planned as a three-season show but i i do feel like with season one and season two like what they had established i do feel like they were going towards something else and then basically terry came in and (laughs) pitched this idea and they were like we're going with that now um and (laughs) you know and i i I am I, i would love to hear at some point what the original plan was for season three just not because i would have wanted that because i think what we got was perfect but i am curious to to just see what that original plan uh was but uh but yeah i definitely feel feel like there there was some other stuff and i'm glad that they that they acknowledged you know certain aspects from those first two seasons um and you know to kind of respect those character those character journeys you know one moment that i loved so much in uh, and it was in the finale the final episode uh was you know i loved that there was one element that subverted my expectations and it subverted it in the best way was going into the episode vox and into that final episode i thought i knew exactly what was going to happen that i was like okay You know, Picard is going to get in, he's going to turn, you know, his son back, his son is going to, you know, take control of the board, kill the queen, and that's going to be what it is. And I loved that they did not go that direction. Um, I loved that they went in and created this bizarre, demented family a dynamic of like Picard as the father, the Borg Queen as the mother, you know, and Jack as yes. the son. It, it, I love yes, that. <laughs> and,
1: you know? and then they they totally went like mm-hmm. first two seasons of Voyager body horror with the Borg Queen, which was
0: oh she was horrifying. Very, <laughs> it,
1: it, yeah, it was horrifying. It was terrifying, mm-hmm. and yet, and Alice Krieg is just so good. Oh, like so even good. just in the voiceover, she's just mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that like you said, that twisted, sick like family and like. Yeah, I mean, great just like you figured like like you talked about subverting expectations like totally a lot of the stuff. So the night before this aired, I thought I found a huge spoiler
0: mm-hmm.
1: when suppose there was a rumor floating around on the internet about that somehow this was the crew of the Enterprise C. And then you see the statue of Captain Rachel Garrett in episode 1, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Please tell me I did not get this whole thing spoiled." Uh-huh. Luckily, <laughs> it didn't. But like it just was I'm set, totally didn't see the changelings coming.
0: No, I did. That was, either. that uh-huh. was brilliant.
1: Also random fun fact. The first changeling, when they were the big reveal drops in episode three, the guy, the guy who's twitching, like he's on, like going through withdrawal uh-huh. actually played Picard's youngest son in the generations Christmas scene.
0: Really? Oh, how interesting. <laughs> Cause oh. I'm like,
1: like that leaked online. I'm like, wait, is that Picard's son? Or like uh-huh. rampant speculation. of course in the series, um, but it just was like like you talked about subverting everything, and um, I, I spent like I would sit here and rack my brain trying to figure out who the villain was because like
0: same if you go, uh-huh.
1: if you go back and watch it, literally it's all blatantly in front of us. The the uh, voiceover from Picard's log in episode one, mm-hmm. that where they're hiding out in the nebula from Best of Both Worlds, mm-hmm. you know the first contact theme is the primary. The theme in the credits it's like it's all right in front of us mm-hmm. and we just like the, the best place to hide things is in plain sight like if you go back upon a rewatch it's like how did i not see this and that is I absolutely know, true I loved it.
0: it was yeah it was everything there you know it, everything was there and it's like you know because i remember i was like i was racking my brain too i was thinking like okay i was like is this like like a paw wraith you know um that's exactly what i thought the red yeah. eyes uh-huh the red eyes you know and then like i was even like okay is this like a, an iconian is this like a return to Iconian? and like the joke online like with the star trek online community that i'm in is that they always say every villain we assume is an iconian and it's not <laughs> 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 It was was really funny, but like, I was just thinking like, okay, who, who is this, you know? And I knew, I knew going, like, I remember from that one, you know, uh, uh, interaction with the, with the board queen and Vatic when, when they, when uh, the queen said your people are expendable. And I was like, okay, this is like, this is somebody I was trying to think who, who views Basically, all species is expendable. You know, I like oh. I thought.
1: The, I thought the same thing, and I'm like, okay, who scares the changelings? Mm-hmm. The Borg, what it could? And the Borg makes the most sense because that's mm-hmm. their greatest enemy from mm-hmm. that generation. But like my mind's, I'm like, is it species eight four seven two? You know, and also having a do a male voiceover mm-hmm. to throw everybody off.
0: Yes, uh-huh. brilliant
1: call. Because I'm like racking my brain, like. I'm like, I literally sat through on Paramount Plus mm-hmm. scrolling through episode titles, like, there's gotta be something I missed, uh, <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out who it is.
0: No, that that's true, because I'd heard leaks online of people saying that like the villain is from next generation. They were like, This is a yes. this is a, a villain from next generation who they're gonna be revisiting. And so I was like, I was I was doing the same thing. I was scrolling through episodes on Memory Alpha and I was seeing like, okay, who who is a villain that they encountered who lived, you know, who who would be good enough to be the final, you know, big bad. Cause I was like, you know um, and it was just like, you know, and I was wracking my brain. but like you said, it was all there from the beginning. And man, I just, I loved, you know, like I loved how, how the boar queen was like feeding off of all the other drones. Um, yes, You know, like I loved that. And like, and like what I, what I really did like too, was that I loved that they didn't go with like this big fight between like Picard, his son and the queen, like, I really liked that. And people, you know, people like, uh, you know, people egg on Star Trek for being all, you know, being very emotional and focusing on like on the emotional side of things sometimes versus like action, you know, and like a lot of people dislike that, but you know, I've never had a problem with it personally, but, I loved that the climax of this between the the three of them, between this Borg family was an emotional one, you know, that I loved, you know, when Picard, he's like, I've never had a reason to go back to the collective until now. And when he's with his son, you know, inside the collective. And I love that he, you know, he basically is like, he's like, well, I'm gonna stay with you then. If you're not gonna leave, I'm not leaving. It was just like, oh my heart. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, it, I'm like oh. sitting there, like, mouth agape, like, oh, like, was... and he, they played it up brilliantly. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have had the heart to kill any of them off either. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, honestly, like, I think we would have rioted. Yeah, but like, I'm like, oh my god, are we gonna lose one? Like, as long as it's not like Trip Tucker's death or. Uh-huh. God forget Han Solo's. We won't get into that. But like, like if it it serves a purpose and we're sitting there like, Oh my God. And they played it. Like you said, Star Trek gets criticized for not being action enough, Mm -hmm. action oriented enough. But I think I saw it on either screen crush screen rant. Like they called also the whole enterprise D scene versus the cube. Oh Oh my my God. If that's not like the greatest thing, that's the greatest space battle since wrath of Khan.
0: Uh Uh-huh. That was amazing. Oh,
1: Beverly's incredible. And then, what did they call they called it they said so they i mean flying it through the cube is it's the best possible i don't want to use the term ripoff because it's a negative connotation Mm -hmm. but oh my god it's return of the jedi Uh (laughs) uh-huh and but in the best possible way in screen crush i believe it is they called it like Return of the Enterprise or the Rise of Sky Crusher. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes.
0: That's brilliant. Oh, it it, it, was ab- it was absolutely brilliant. And it was like I, I and I remember thinking, oh, this is like Return of the Jedi, but like you said, it was done in such a magnificent way and I loved that they, that they established just how badass the enterprise is, you know, like after, after they've been pummeled this whole season by like Vatic and, you know, and everything just to see him just go, go, you know, guns a-blazing in taking out the Borg was just like, I, oh, I loved it. And, and, you know, one thing I really liked about it too, was that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, that you know, because we'd had like the Borg somewhat come back in season two and like a form of the Borg queen. It wasn't the same queen. Um, (laughs) you know, and I loved that, you know, that the, that they were able to bring the Borg back in a way that was not, didn't feel like a retread or like a been there, done that. Um, you know, that it was like, it was a very unique thing of showing the evolution of the Borg of how they were trying to like be, you know, the next version of themselves. And, you know, that the queen and the cube were kind of all a little wrecked, you know, like not really working that well, you know? Um, I, I just thought, I just thought it was brilliant the way they did it to make sure that it felt fresh still.
1: Oh, absolutely. The, the, these Bork are, you know, the most dangerous, most dangerous animal is the wounded one. And mm-hmm. they're clearly wounded here. Like, mm-hmm. like we knew Janeway did a number. I don't think any of us realized how big of a number Janeway did at them at mm-hmm. the end of Voyager. Um, but yeah, it was just, they're much more, because you know they. It was always assimilate, assimilate this, mm-hmm. and they're talking about eradicate. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. she's. That okay, was, she's not yeah. only she's not only looking terrifying. She's <laughs> sounding like a complete nut
0: job. Uh huh. It, it's 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 very very true. And like one thing that I I, I did like too, because there had always been like a a theory, basically, kind of. I remember going through the years, you know, of like is the Borg collective, is it all of the drones that is the collective or is the queen, the collective? Like, I remember like people didn't really like, there were always people going back and forth of like, you know, of saying like, okay, like who's who basically is, you know, and I liked that season three pretty much confirmed that the Borg collective is the queen basically. Um, and that, you know, that it's like that the collective flows through her basically. And I, I really, I really actually liked that they did that. Cause I, I thought that it provided obviously, you know, like the big bad villain that was needed, but it also, it added some clarity to the Borg, which I had enjoyed. That's a really interesting
1: point. I hadn't considered that, but yeah, you're right. Cause I think like how the way that I always have had approached that question, is it the drones? Is it this? And the answer is yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> Everything. Like, uh-huh. But it would be really interesting in the future, you know, what if there was like, say, a series of cubes that lost contact, mm-hmm. you know, is there many collectives out there now? Like, it's just very interesting. Like, there's a lot of potential for future stories. It just in that group, like, this is supposed to be the end of the Borg, but is it ever really the end of the Borg? You know it's what I true, mean? true.
0: Cause I feel like there's always going to be the Borg. Like, I don't think they can ever be fully eradicated. And like, and I agree with you. I think probably that, that there is the possibility of other collectives, you know, because we see like in season one, when, when seven, you know, becomes the Borg queen, you know, that it's like, she basically has created this mini collective almost, uh, that's and, right. Yes. You know, and uh, and even though I was let down by that scene, that scene is still one of the most badass scenes. When she plug, when she gets plugged in, and you see her eyes go black. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was awesome and terrifying. I was like, oh, uh-huh. this this is ooh, interesting. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, it was like that's very that's very interesting because I do feel like. I mean, Star Trek as a, as a franchise is never going away. Like it's going to outlive us, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be around forever as long as there is, as long as there is media and like, and some form of like, of, of, you know, consumption of media, there will always be some type of Star Trek. And, and I do feel like the Borg will come back at some point in some way, you know, it'll probably be something different than what we were expecting, but I do think that they will be back somehow. Um, some new new iteration maybe of them or something, but like you said, this was definitely the end of the of the TNG era of the Borg. I think um, whatever comes next will be very different. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, it's yeah, it was just like everything. Like I. Everything about that final sequence though it's just like great I I loved I loved also that we got that 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 beautiful shot of the Borg Queen being incinerated that shot was just so great <laughs>
1: Oh like, Terry Matthaus what did he say it's like no one's ever really dead unless you see them die and I'm uh-huh. like we need to make sure oh yeah, she's dead and <laughs> yes. we needed to see her die
0: <laughs> Oh it was I I I loved her screaming after Picard it was just oh it was so great it was it was so you know, because we've, we've had the Borg as these villains and these horrible, horrible villains for so many decades. And it was just so, it was so fulfilling seeing, seeing them just be obliterated. <laughs> it really was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Oh, man. It was great, man. Oh uh, Well, you know... Um, I'm going to say uh, that uh, you know that this is a wrap for all of our listeners on our part one of uh, of the Picard uh, season three uh, discussion and to kind of wrap up. Uh, you know, there's a lot more to come in our uh, in our part two episode. You definitely are not going to want to miss it. Uh, you know, we have a. Uh, Just as a bit of a tease, you know, we're going to go through some of our our favorite aspects of the season, uh, some of our least favorite aspects. uh, You know, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Trek legacy and what that might look like, what that might entail. And we're also going to dive in a little bit, too, on on how the series, all three seasons combined, how it kind of treats the character Jean-Luc Picard and whether we feel it was a... uh, it did a good job portraying him or if it left something to be desired, we're going to go through all of that. Uh, so thanks so much, Jordan, for joining me for this, uh, for this part one. Uh, and, uh, I think we're going to have some exciting things to talk about in part two.